If the rainstorms actually roll in, like it seems like they might, um, you definitely don't want to be riding road pedals. I'll just say that much. We just had an ice cream. Go put our feet up. Like, it's pretty chill. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen around you. I'm going to do a little French baguette. I brought some Haribo from Germany. Tires, tire pressure, and then what lube we're going to use depending on the environment. It's it's literally like an F1 style pit. Like. Yeah, Roubaix Cobble is a horrible to ride. Oh, yes. Red Bull is like for breakfast. Like... Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Truman Show. Uh, no, I'm joking. Welcome to the Fever Talk podcast. I'm still Magali. If you're a gravel person, I am still a cyclocross racer, if you don't know who I am. Um, and yeah, I mean, report from day two at Unbound. So Friday, the day before the race, we David and I started the day walking through the two main city blocks in Emporia where the expo is happening and it was crazy to see how many bikes were leaning on the side of biz local businesses and just literally taking over the town so we yeah started the day just walking around um inevitably we just met a lot of people that we knew so it was cool to chat with people see how they were feeling we met a lot of the companies that we work with so pretty fun things at the expo david anything you would like to add um yeah i mean it's uh it was buzzing it's pretty you said the two main intersection but it's not the two main it's the two only intersection too so so the amount of people uh in, in this tiny little space um it's pretty wild it's it's pretty i i thought it was pretty well organized it's pretty dialed there's signs everywhere there's porta putties and there's it's a well-run event um even if it's even if there's four thousand people it, it it could seem really crazy it just seemed organized and kind of comfortable for the for the size of the town uh, you'll hear it from some of the the folks from the city and the town and the, and the businesses that we spoke with that they're really excited about the event Um, one thing that really um, hit me yesterday is, again, throwing it back to triathlon and, and just how much people were purchasing in the expo area. Like everybody was walking with four, five, six bags you know, in their hands. And like we spent some time at some of the, some of our partners' booths. So we spent some time at 100%, at Physique, uh, at Canyon, at Feedback Sports. And, and the amount like they were just selling stuff literally nonstop, like nonstop one after the other. The 15 minutes we were at 100%, there's a lineup to buy sunglasses. There's even a dude who was going out for the, the 500K event that was starting in 15 minutes or something. And he just was buying sunglasses to the last minute like take my money so so for me it kind of you know it, it it showcases a bit why um the industry is going in that direction and why they're requiring everybody to be at that event um so yeah that was the most striking for me yesterday thanks i i agree um all right i mean I don't have much more to tell you and we have a lot of snippets today because we walked around and talked to a lot of people. So uh, first you'll hear a bit about the buzz of the expo very shortly. And then um, I went out and we met, we met a lot of our professional cyclist friends who give us all 
kinds of tips about equipment, what the gravel is actually like. Uh, we'll hear about the logistics of preparing for a 200-mile race and the support crews that are there. And we also go to the start of the 350 miles, so the Unbound XL. And yeah, I mean, you'll you'll hear more about that. What's probably interesting to say about the 350 miles is that these people... Uh, this race is completely unsupported, so self-supported. The only there's no aid stations, there's no nothing. Um, if they want to resupply, they have to go to public uh, places, so they can stop like at a gas station. But they there's no official race support, so pretty tough, uh, pretty crazy adventure out there. And when they started, like an hour after they had started, a huge thunderstorm and pouring rain, so. We had a thought to for our friends out there. So keep it up, people. I know you're still riding, but you're doing great. All right, let's hear the snippets. Thanks, everyone. We are Friday morning, and it's hot in Emporia. So we came for a cold brew coffee in the Granada Coffee Company in Emporia. Um, so what is your name? My name is Leilani. And are you the owner of the shop? Do you work here? I'm just a barista that works here, yeah. Don't say just. You make people happy. Um, can I ask about the impact of this event in the town? Like, is it one of the biggest weekend of the year? Or, like, how? What? what's the impact, really? Um, it definitely brings a lot of people from all over to our little town. But we do love it. Um, the roads are pretty packed. There's people all around. So it's new for us, but we do enjoy it every year. That's awesome. And can I ask, like, since you live in Emporia, what what is the one thing that we need to experience in this town before before we leave? Is there like something that makes this town special? Um, I think if you get the chance, you should stop by the Cottonwood River. Okay. It's really beautiful. A lot of people go there to fish, and I think it just really is what brings Emporia all together. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, Have a great day. Thank you. Sorry for our English speaker. We met with. Uh, some really good Quebec friends that traveled all together, I think seven of them in RV for 26 hours from Montreal to come and do this race. And so a tiny one minute French segment because they are really cool people and they happen to organize the coolest gravel race in Quebec as well. So one minute French intermission. Segment francophone de cet épisode anglophone parce que on vient de rencontrer les maraudeurs il euh, y a Gab, Alain, Alina et, et un autre Gab. Vous êtes arrivés en RV, toute la gang ensemble. Euh, Parlez-moi, comment, comment, euh, comment vous êtes excités pour demain? Êtes-vous stressés? What's going on? C'est malade. On est vraiment <rire> excités. On est stressés. On est arrivés en RV. Ça a pris 26 heures. Puis, euh, puis quoi? Donc, qu'est-ce qu'on voulait ajouter d'autre à notre trip en RV? Ça fait une belle aventure, ne serait-ce que se rendre ici. Ah bon, ben c'est parfait, ça. Euh, moi, j'ai une question... Pensez-vous que Marc va être plus vite que le RV jusqu'ici ou plus lent que le RV jusqu'ici? <rire> Parce que si tu as trouvé le trip en RV pas mal long, imagine comment Marc va trouver. <rire> Ça arrête. Ouais, moi, je pense qu'il va être plus vite que le RV. Mais c'est un bon défi. On va voir. On va voir. On va le timer. OK. Puis dernière question rapide. L'item euh, le plus inusité que vous apportez pour votre Unbound Gravel ou bien, tu sais, l'item de bouffe ou de... Tu sais, parmi nous autres, qu'est-ce que vous apportez? Super fuel. <rire> Compote de pommes. Mes pickle pops. J'ai rien d'inusité, mais du chamois butter définitivement. Là. Des pinottes. Bien des pinottes. 
Parfait. Euh, pour donner une idée, euh, ça, c'est la gang du Big Red, donc le meilleur événement de gravel au Québec et de Unscented, donc euh, bonne chance. All right, we're Friday, and I just met Brandy and Lance uh, from Oregon, who are both cyclocross lovers. Yes. And, and Lance is today, uh, tomorrow, doing the 200 miles? I'm doing the 100 miles. The 100 miles. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I have a question. I mean, what, what do you do for a living, Lance? <laughs> um, I, I actually am a retired dentist. Okay. So I retired like five years ago. So Good I'm, for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank so, you. you. You've been to many cyclocross events, yes. I bet. And, and I know the scene in Oregon is really big. What do you... How do you compare this Unbound to a cyclocross event? Like, what, what do you think? Uh, you, okay, the biggest thing is a cyclocross event, you can really watch the race. Yes. You can see the whole race live. It's all right there. An event like this, you need to come to the pre-race things and the yeah. post-race things because you're not going to watch the race. True. So it's gonna, it'll all be out there on course, and so it's a little bit harder to follow. Uh, a vibe like this is very different because there's 4,000 riders, whereas a cyclocross, a big cyclocross event might have 500 riders across all categories. So a little bit different. What about you, Brandy? Well, I think it's very similar. I, I like cyclocross because I feel like you get to know the riders. You get to, even the people that are heckling are just like, it's a fun vibe. Yeah. It's a very fun vibe. Yeah. This is also a great community vibe, which is a little different because there's so many people. And I feel like everybody's excited to ride gravel. Yeah. And so I like that about the two. Where it's different is, yeah, this is kind of massive. Yep. So you still get the feel of cycling and things, but you know you're not going to necessarily see the people that you necessarily want to and so everybody will kind of come back together and I like that about that but I also like cyclocross because of that like that's such a unique I agree fun experience that you just even people who don't bike just love it because yeah. it's like it's, it's it's hard to put a finger on yeah it. it's like a bunch of you know friends together razzing each other and yeah. and everybody's kind of rooting for each other and then it's great yeah. so you know it's funny because yesterday someone from the gravel community asked me like why do you love cyclocross and I, the answer i came up with was i mean you know about you know when they talk about the spirit of gravel I mean, for me, the spirit of gravel is cyclocross because, I mean, it's very clear in cyclocross, like, you do the race, you do it full on, and it's also very clear that afterwards, you hang out with everyone, you have a beer with everyone, pros and amateurs alike, and it's, to, so to me, I don't know. So, I mean, we have an interesting... barriers, and you're right. There's yeah. like, I feel like, I mean, that's the cool thing about gravel is that... A, I do think it's the pros make it kind of accessible and the elites, but it's different. Cyclocross, I feel like really there is no barriers. Yeah. It's like everybody's like we're all the same, and and like we're, we're all dirty, we're all cold, and we're it's we're just have fun. We're all out there to like yeah push ourselves and just like kind of do ballsy things, and I love that about it. So cool. Thank you so much, to both of you. Best of luck. Thank Enjoy. You. Yeah, Payson, you yeah. talked about maybe changing your pedals from road pedals to mountain bike pedals. What that, what's that all? about uh if the rainstorms actually roll in like it seems like they might um you definitely don't want to be riding road pedals i'll just say that much i mean last year uh there was a section that was pretty gnarly and i think i got kind of lucky and was able to ride most of it but um most people ran probably i don't know a quarter mile and so 
that easily could be even worse this year. Yeah. It's interesting, the rain out here is, um, the storms are almost kind of like Colorado, where it's very, like, summer monsoon-ish, where it's bluebird, and then all of a sudden there's just crazy lightning and, like, deluge. So it can go from dusty to unrideable in, like, 10 minutes. It will be exciting to see. I mean, you did really well at Mid-South when it was that muddy, so does that give you confidence? Yeah, because I think it makes some people... I don't know how much skill is actually involved when it, on, on this style. I think there's a little bit of skill involved right in the bud, but mostly I think it's it makes other people just freak out. <laughs> I love it. We'll be cheering. Good luck. Um, all right. We are at the Maxis Factory Racing Team with Andrew and Haley Smith. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're getting excited slash nervous for tomorrow. So we just did our pre-ride and about to go get stuff ready. I mean, you guys are the pros of gravel, and you've been... I mean, you won the Lifetime Series, like, which is a big accomplishment. Um, I'm curious, what does a day before Unbound look like for you guys? It's, I mean, it's pretty chill, to be honest. We did a little bit of photo shooting for some product forthcoming product this morning um and then we just were out for a pre-ride get our packets and then we're just gonna go we just had an ice cream go put our feet up like yeah. it's pretty chill yeah cool. and in terms of food for tomorrow is that every is, is everything ready and like yeah what 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 are you bringing yeah i mean we do enough of these long races that like all that stuff is pretty dialed so nothing new just kind of regular race nutrition And then some treats uh, sprinkled in there for the back half when we don't feel like eating. Yeah. Can I can I ask what are the treats? Yeah, probably an egg McMuffin and some oh, Snickers. So <laughs> I love the idea of the egg McMuffin. What about you? Yeah, about the same. Haley's stealing that idea from me. I ro I rocked that one last year and it was it was pretty good. Cool. Well, we'll be cheering for you guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks. Man. Thanks. Thanks to you. I am with Meredith Miller and Yos. How do you pronounce your Yosepi? Husabi. Okay, and so Meredith is an ex-pro. Yost is also, Yost works for WTB, so making tires and saddles. And Meredith is for Shimano. You both have raised the 100 before. Uh, since you have so much experience, I'm curious, can you describe what the gravel and what the, the soil looks like here and what makes it special? I guess, can uh, I think part of the gravel here is a little bit unpredictable. So, like, what we've ridden in the last couple of days with just doing, like, a 20-mile ride that's a little closer to town, it's fairly, like, you can get on some some roads that are super fast and you're like you're just speeding right along and then once you get a little farther out of town then you can hit sections that are a lot more chunky a lot more irregular i guess and sharp and so you just never know when you might hit it. i mean they call it the flint hills like flint rock right and so it can be really sharp so you just you think you've got the right line and all of a sudden you've punctured and you've got a you know hole in your sidewall or something like that so in that way i think it can be a little bit unpredictable yeah. like it just goes from fast to chunky all in a split second and to give people an idea how big are the rocks like are we talking like small rocks are we talking like fist size rocks like you what can, do you think you definitely have a variety out there there's some sections that are two inch rocks where wow. you you are wondering am i going to get through this or am i just going to come to a stop or you have sections that are like little tiny marbles and you just feel like there's no traction at all. So like you go into a corner and it's just all marbles. So it's, it's very, it's super variable in terms of the terrain. Cool, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I was 
Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, you can just say it. <laughs> I'm uh, married. It has a, an advice. <laughs> so I tell a lot of people, especially people who are a little more unfamiliar with the gravel or newer to it, um, to just make sure that they give themselves space if they're in a pack. Give themselves space more maybe than they would on the road um, and make sure they have an out so that if something happens in front of them, like Yes was saying with the marbles and the variable conditions, especially going into a turn, you never know what's going to happen around you. So you want to have the space to react or an out to react if somebody goes down. Because a lot of times there's a lot of crashes out here and it's somebody else crashing in front of you that and you have nowhere to go and then it ends up being like a total domino effect but it's better to give yourself five feet you know off a wheel going into a turn than to be right on their wheel and then end up going down if they crash versus having that extra five feet they go down and maybe you have somewhere to go to save yourself totally especially i bet like being tired you don't make the quickest decision you don't have the best reflex so even more important yeah, yeah. Thanks. Related, but also unrelated. Were you guys aware? Uh, is that a question? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, a, it's not a question. Were, were you guys aware that Mag's last name means small ruck? No. No. Oh. Yeah, in French, how, really? how, how gravel? Yeah. <laughs> very think, gravel, small yeah, rock. Gravel. I did not know that. Caroline Money is here. You're doing the 200 tomorrow. Uh, what are your thoughts? Picture, imagine a full cross season, like 16 race together, something like that. And then you pile all of it together and it's tomorrow. That's okay. how I feel. I think I probably have, yeah, that's, that's the thought. Yeah. It's going to be great. Okay, um, I want to know what, uh, what kind of treat are you bringing to eat on the bike? On top of like the gels and all of that, do you have a special treat for like the aid station? Yes. I'm going to do a little French baguette. Oh, nice. So I'm going to do a little Nutella, like... I got some mini baguette so you can bake it. I'm gonna do a little Nutella sandwich. I'm thinking ham and brie, but I don't know if it's gonna be really good uh, after eight hours, so we'll see. Maybe a little melted. But I'm, I'm gonna go to do a little, a little French way for sure. Maybe some crepes. That's good. Lauren, you're here for the 100. Lauren Zoller. Zoller how do you pronounce your last name? Zerner. Zerner. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say Zerner, but Zerner. Um, another cyclocross person. Um, why are you here for the 100 miles tomorrow? For fun. <laughs> to, hang out, to hang out with Caroline and see how well I fare in a 100-mile race. So we're going to see. Awesome. Good luck. Good luck to both of you. So uh, we are at the 100% booth. Uh, it's what, what time is it? It's 2, 2.18. And uh, I mean, Jesse, Jesse? Jesse, so that I just met is going is leaving in 40 minutes for the Unbound XL 350 miles. Jesse, how I mean, what is your day job and how does one person find the time to train for this with a job? Oh my, it's tough, but uh, I sell flooring for a living, okay. so my vacations are all planned around bikes, of course. So <laughs> this is like the biggest event of the year. So I've done like maybe two or three long training rides. Yeah. Like to this, I do like I race, road, all the all the good, the usual stuff. Yeah. So that helps. Then I'll just do like a couple long ones. Okay. So yeah, just like long rides. Yeah. Okay. And last question. I mean, 40 minutes. Are you pretty nervous right now? How do you feel? Uh, not too bad actually. This is kind of normal. You know, I don't allow myself too much time. Yeah. Just enough time to get it done, and that's it. Okay. I love it. And uh, last, very last question. What is the one thing that, that, 
do you have a treat for yourself that at some point when you're in a dark place you're gonna eat something special oh yes red bull is like for breakfast like okay. yeah for sure <laughs> I yeah love it. at 4 a.m Red Bull. Red Bull. All yeah. right. Well, we'll be thinking of you. Uh, good luck. What? Jesse, I also have one question. I'm looking at you. You're fully decked with food. How many bananas are you carrying? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I think it's like four. <laughs> I love it. Good luck, Jesse. We'll be thinking of you. Once we get down to about five seconds, you go in and have you start ringing that bell. And then four of you, we're going to make some noise. short uh, so laura your husband your husband ted is about i mean he just started the 350 miles uh are you more or le more nervous now or when he did the tour de france i didn't know him when he did the tour oh, de france okay. <laughs> so how nervous are you then um i'm more nervous for next week when he starts tour divide yeah, yeah. I, i guess that's a little prep um he said he told me that he might listen to this in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. Do you want to have a cheer for him or something? Oh, just that we believe in you and we think you're the toughest person that we know and we can't wait to meet you at the finish line. I love it. Go, Ted! <laughs> Thank you. Um, votre ami Mark Rose, il est peut-être 3h du matin puis il est en train d'écouter ça. Qu'est-ce que vous avez à lui dire? Garde ton pace. Continue, mon homme, tu fais bien ça. Just ride your bike, Mark. It's fun. Fait semblant de rien, ça fait pas si mal que ça. <laughs> Go, Mark! <laughs> all right, so it's the night before the race and it's the canyon dinner. There's all the athletes are preparing, but also the, a lot of engineers are racing. Uh, there's a lot of people racing for canyon and everyone's having dinner. In the garage, I saw so many boxes. There's a lot going on. Walker, You're kind of responsible for all of it, if I understand well. So from the bike side of things, I'm responsible for all of our athletes in the U.S. Um, and this is the biggest gravel race of the year. So there's a lot that they have to do, but there's also a lot of prep behind the scenes. And yeah. we'll be super busy tomorrow, and everyone will definitely be exhausted by the end of the day. We have over 15 staff here, so we're, uh, we're definitely dialed for the weekend. Okay, and so what is, like, can you give us an idea, like, what, what were all these boxes? What is, you know, like, the setup for one person, and what do you have to do to, to get them to their aid station and stuff? So there's two aid stations, and everyone has two boxes. Like, how, how does it work? Yeah, so basically, we ask all the athletes to prepare all of their nutrition, feed bags, whatever they need at both of those aid stations the night before. So we have designated boxes, one for aid station one, one for aid station two. We'll drive a van to each of those respective aid stations in the morning. That's all there. We've got mechanics set up. Um, basically, the boxes allow us to be really organized and quick so that when we know who's coming in what spot, we can have that stuff ready on the table for them to get. And then bike goes right into the stand. We usually put bottles on the bike, giving away our tips. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like another brand's going to steal yeah, it. Yeah. It will, no, it's, it's, it will come out after, the, like, no, yeah. tomorrow. No, but I no, I think, like, it's it's literally like an F1-style pit. Like, yeah. we try and get the athletes in and out by a minute at, at max. Wow. Yeah, so um, it's crazy. It's chaos, but it's fun. Yeah. That's, like, that's the most thing I'm looking forward to is, like, the utter chaos of the aid station. And then you have, like, the media and all the people watching and then you have the amateurs it's, it's really a cool environment yeah so. I mean you seem to be thriving on it so that's it's yeah. cool to watch third year so yeah. we're like we're more and more prepared every year which is the good thing so I love it good luck thank you Thanks. appreciate Walker. it of course um, alright so we are at the Canyon House and there's a lot going on everyone's kind of finalizing their preparation um, I'm with Wayne who is a head mechanic with Pete Stetna 
Wayne, what are you working on? What are the final touches, uh, mechanic-wise, before Unbound, like the night before? What are the little details that you know that are interesting to know about? Uh, it always boils down to tires, tire pressure. You know, race prep is always kind of the same. Uh, I'd say tires, tire pressure, and then what lube we're going to use depending on the environment. Okay. Interesting. So what do you think are the final, like, how do you prepare for that? Do you have multiple options that you prepare, prepare the night before and then morning of you choose or what do you do? Yes is the answer, but we try to have the decision made the night before. But at the end of the day, if we need to, we'll change anything the next morning just to get it perfect. Yeah. So how, uh, how many hours did you spend working on the bike today? Oh my gosh, let's see. We are, I'm at five hours on oh, this wow. bike today. Oh, no, one bike. Oh, one bike. Incredible. Thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so we're at dinner and uh, Pete Stetna is here. Peter, is it Pete or Peter? Doesn't matter. Pete, one syllable. Okay, Pete, what do you put in your aid station boxes? Uh, mostly just the race food nowadays, unfortunately. It's so fast, but... Uh, Yeah, there's always a sandwich in there, something secret, something you know you're going to want after eight hours. Uh, year one, I had a ham and cheese sandwich and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I was trying to eat it down, and they just kept attacking, and I was like, oh, it's it's really a fast race. So, unfortunately, at the front of the race, you got to go more like classic race nutrition these days, but uh, I have a... Uh, a yerba mate at aid one okay yeah nice. i'm drinking mate <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'll get you a kick uh and okay last question do you practice with your mechanic wayne do you practice like transition of of hydration pack or is that something that you practice or prepare ahead like how does it work uh we sit down and we have a big discussion on how it's going to go the best case scenario the worst case scenario So we kind of have a game plan so that when it happens, we don't really have to even talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, good luck. Thank you. And Jeremiah, what about you? What, what's in your box? It's really funny because I never put a peanut butter and jelly or candy in the box, but this race is 205 miles. So I've got Flow Formulas bottles. And in the back of my hydration pack, there's like a mesh. So I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I put it in there like underneath. It's such a kid like lunchbox. And then I've got these trolley sour worms. They're like the gas station candy. Okay. And it's just the most amazing treat ever. Like That's cool. So I'm just looking forward to that treat. And then I've got like one of the Starbucks cans, you know, the like double espresso shots for like the last the last pool. So for me it's just about looking forward to something so I know at mile 80 there's this to look forward to and then 167 or whatever the second aid station is yeah. I've got another treat so yeah. that's nice it's it helps mentally I yeah, bet yeah. and so how what about you like will you go like in, in and out in under a minute or do you think you'll stop to eat your sandwich or like what what's the plan I usually am pretty quick yeah. I mean I have a lot of experience with doing stuff like this with like the 100 mile series races in Leadville and Yeah, typically you just throw it over your shoulder and get some chain lube and then maybe chug a Coke and then go. So maybe I'm there for 20 seconds if it's a good pit. So That's fast. Cool. Well, thank you. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. I'm with Tiffany Cromwell. Uh, you're doing the 100 tomorrow. Can I ask, like, I don't know, what? how do you prepare, like, differently? 
you know, your bike in mechanic wise from Perry Roubaix, for example? Like, how do these these two events compare for you? Well, I think they're two very different events. Like, of course, Roubaix is the most brutal race for a bike, but you still got a road set up. There, we're looking at same similar principles as gravel, like your tire pressure, the types of tires you're using. The setup will be a little bit different, but you're still on your road bike. But yeah, the tire choices and the pressures are always talked about, like with gravel. Here, it's yeah, you're looking for yeah the right balance as well of like what your setup is. But yeah, different types of tires. But yeah. really, it's kind of the same. And which one is the more rough? Like you've done both. Well, I bet Roubaix is probably much rougher. But what do you think? Roubaix definitely, but that's also because the bikes are a bit stiffer and harsher. So. Yeah, Roubaix cobbles are horrible to ride. and But there are certain gravel which can be pretty rough, but majority is actually not too bad. And with the bikes these days of how advanced they are and with your tyre pressures, it's actually not that bad on a lot of gravel. But yeah, Roubaix cobbles on the five-star sectors is very, very b- bumpy. Yeah, I mean, I've ridden those on my cross bike and I felt like they were bumpy, so I can't imagine. Uh, last questions. I mean, are you, how do you approach this event? Like, are you pretty nervous about it? Like, how does it compare, I guess, to when you do world tour races for you? Like, do you care as much? Do you, how is it? Like, is this more fun or I don't know? It's different, different approach. Like, I think these days in majority races, I actually don't get nervous anymore, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, The difference is on gravel, I didn't think about myself. Like, I know I can target wins and podiums, whereas on the road, I know I go that I'm doing a job. And, yeah, so it's, it's just very different. And also on the road, I'm normally the captain, so I'm, like, having to think about the whole team, the tactics and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty relaxed. Um, at least 100 is much more easy to get your head around than the 200. And it's more, for me, about just making sure I'm good on my fueling and okay with this race where I start with the men, so then it's a different kind of tactical game, whereas few more gravel races and now having a women's only field mm-hmm. then it's okay then I need to think about my own race but yeah. I'm pretty calm and just here to enjoy and but of course I also want to try to get the victory as well yeah you look pretty chill good job good luck <laughs> thanks. thanks I'm with Matthias who is the engineer at um at Canyon who designed uh the gravel bike and now tomorrow you're racing on bound 200 what did you what special did you put in, put in your aid station box anything from Germany to make you happy Yes, I brought some Haribo from Germany because they are um, food for my mind, for my brain. Afterwards, I will be much stronger and my body also likes them. So that's what I brought from Germany. Yeah, I love it. Some people, I was talking with Pete Stettner, he says like he, his aid station stop will be like 20 seconds. Do you, do you plan to stop a little longer and enjoy your Haribo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't plan to, to win this, uh, this race, so I probably stay a bit longer at the, the aid station to get some food, to open my Haribos, and then probably two, three minutes, and then I will go on. Cool. Well, good luck. Enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. On that note, we, uh, we are now the morning, the morning of the race. The People have been racing for an hour and a half already. So David and I are going to go check out what's going on at the aid station number one. Good luck to everyone racing and thank you all for listening. See you all tomorrow for one last Unbound episode. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.